Hello, beautiful people. Ashley Joe here, one of the producers of the Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. Not to be confused for our lovely and amazing host, Ashley Loeb Blassingame. But I promise you will be hearing from Ashley today in a little bit of a different way than you probably think. You see, we are heading into a mid-summer break so that Ashley can connect with more guests and record more inspirational and amazing recovery stories to bring to you throughout the remainder of season three. And while we are on that mid-summer break, we will be bringing back the episode short, which is where we share brief clips from some of our favorite episodes of the past. So for our very first episode short, this midsummer break, I wanted to go all the way back to the very beginning, season one, episode one, and share a few clips from the story of our host, Ashley Loeb Blassingame. I selected three different clips, and in the first one, you're going to hear Ashley talk a little bit about her drug use during middle school and high school and specifically get into why she calls cocaine the drug of more. In the next clip, you will hear a really crazy story of a meth-induced hallucination that Ashley experienced. But what I love about this specific clip is it gets into the beauty of restoring relationships once you have entered a life of recovery. And then the last clip that you'll hear is Ashley talking about her experience at her very first Southern California Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And she gets into how she was really able to have a ton of fun in her early years of sobriety. And I think it's such a beautiful part of her journey. This is just a small part. So if you haven't listened to her full episode, go all the way back to season one, episode one, and check out Ashley's full story. But for now, we will start with these brief clips. Season one, episode one, Ashley Loeb Blassingame. Did your parents have any clue that you were <laughs> doing any of this stuff? Great question. So... They knew something was up, but they definitely didn't know the extent. There was a lot of sneaking around and lying, and um, but I was always getting good grades. And, you know, I don't know who was more focused on this, me or them. You know, I at the time, I thought that the pressure came from them, but I actually, in retrospect, think that it, it came from me. I was a perfectionist, and, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And and so that, you know, that with the cocaine, you know, it, it – Cocaine is, is is the drug of more. It is, I don't even, I think the high is the feeling of wanting more. That is in and of itself the high of never being satisfied. And so that was the drug that really spoke to me. Um, and, you know, we call it our drug of choice. And um, your drug of choice is just whatever fits with your, you know, particular chemical imbalance or balances. And uh, that for me, even though that wasn't the thing that brought me to my knees and hit to hit my bottom, it was the drug that took me to the next level where things escalated and removed me from experimental stage to real abuse stage of my use. Uh, and I was definitely doing that with people who were not using it as a party drug or a social activity. It was a very 
um, isolating experience. And I, I ended up using alone often and um, using it to function. All right. So this takes us to eighth grade. What happened with the cocaine usage when you got to high school? Because using cocaine in middle school, I mean, that's <laughs> you'll hear sometimes middle schoolers experimenting with with drinking. I know some people will experiment with weed. Like you you hear that you're not happy about it, but you hear that sometimes cocaine is pretty heavy to be experimenting with in middle school. So when you got to high school, where did you go from there? Yeah, it was, you know, it was <laughs> You know, you look back and it's it's hindsight's twenty twenty, but it, it was a it was a it was a disaster waiting to happen, and that is what happened. Um, I got to high school and I immediately found the people who used like I did, and we partied. And you know, when I when I say party, that's what we thought it was, but really it was it was using together because I don't think that you know the other people that I went to school with who did party in high school they didn't end up where I did. So we thought it was partying, but really it was incredibly heavy abuse. You know, I experimented with methamphetamine, um, and you know it's so funny when I share people talk about. I always heard about peer pressure, this story about peer pressure, and I you know saw it in the Dare campaign. And people would talk about, oh, you got to resist peer pressure. I'd see this, you know, mostly in the media. I have yet to experience peer pressure. I don't. I I I, I looked for it high and low. I was so motivated to hunt down these drugs. I didn't know people who sold them and I would go and ask around and find them. I once walked like, oh gosh, I don't probably a mile and a half to go to some drug dealer's house and 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 you know, I just I was so motivated again to fill that void and there was no one standing by me telling me that I should you know, I should try something. It was it was motivated by me. And when I ran out of Coke while I was on this runaway binge with her, I started that's what I started doing. I started doing the meth with her. And, you know, I look back and like I did drugs that made me feel terrible and I did them over and over and over again because feeling terrible that way was better than feeling how I felt without any substances. That was just the level of of uh, depths of where I was. And um, so she and I ran away. Uh, I have no idea what precipitated me coming home. I know I was a missing person and I, uh, you know, my parents were looking for me. Police were looking for me. And uh, it was it was a big, you know, upset and somehow someone dropped me off. I was I had no shoes on. It was three in the morning and I'm approaching my parents' house and I see 300 people on the front lawn. And I cannot for the life of me figure out what these people are doing here. And so I'm terrified and I run shoeless around the back of the house. People are following me. They're still there. They're just staring at me. And I'm telling you they were there. I saw the 300 people. To this day, I'm telling you, I saw 300 people. And I go up to my sister's door, her back. It was it was a back door, and I start pounding on the door, and she comes to the door, and I'm like, let me in, let me in, freaking out because, you know, there's all these people standing behind me, and I'm terrified, and let me into the house. And she looks at me and then runs away. 
And uh, what I didn't know at the time, she was going to get my parents, but my parents had told her not to open the door to just come get them if I came. And my dad told me, at, um, you know, not long after that, he told me that he has locks on his doors to lock people like me out of his house because I was so dangerous and untrustworthy that I was the type of person that caused him to lock the doors at night. And, you know, years and years later, I'll remember when he presented me with a house key again to his house. And, um, you know, it was an emotional moment where I became a person that he didn't lock the doors against intrusion. And, and that was where I was. And so that, that, that was my first detox. My, uh, I was taken from, from the house at that point. I said goodbye to my meth-induced 300-people hallucination, and they took me straight to the uh, psych ward. I was just going to give it another shot, Alcoholics Anonymous and recovery, that I was going to really, truly, 100% do this thing someone else's way. Um, I had never done that before. You know, I'm a person who tends to, I'll do it 95% your way, 98% your way, 99.9% your way, but I'm going to add my flair to it. And I needed to do it 100% somebody else's way in order to really get the recovery that I, I ended up having and do have now. And Emily took me to my first Southern California Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and oh my gosh it was spectacular we went to this really she she sexy meeting in Laguna Beach it was September 1st 2006 and a meeting called the talk show meeting where they interview someone it's an interview format and they you know they have a, a raffle and it's it's really really funny uh really fun a, a lot like a late show format and so this is my first meeting and uh, I got a commitment there and actually I met my husband there. I didn't know he was going to be my husband, but he had a commitment there and, and at the time we both had, you know, he, he was in a relationship and with a lovely woman and, you know, we didn't end up seeing each other then, but I, I, that was the first time I met him. And the women and the people of Alcoholics Anonymous just loved me until I could love myself. They opened up their arms and they're, you know, I was really intimidated coming into Orange County and all these beautiful people and, oh my gosh, how was I going to, you know, was it going to be, you know, my experience had been women were really competitive and backstabbing and I just had this totally different experience where they just invited me. We had so much fun. I was 19 years old and I had no, I hadn't finished high school. I had no idea what was I was going to do with my life. I, I had been a piercer in Prescott for, you know, the years preceding. So that was like my way. <laughs> that was my occupation. And I got here and I started to dream again. And I started to see that things could be different and, and just felt like I was in the right place. Uh, I went to meetings. I went to um, 
conventions, young people's conventions, dinners, bowling. We went to raves and a sober group of us would go to raves. And for my 21st birthday in sobriety, I took a bunch of my friends and we jumped out of a plane. And, you know, it was fun. We had so much fun. We stayed out late and people didn't know that we were sober because we were partying. We were doing all the things. We were having so much fun and just so alive. It was such a beautiful time in my life. It was hard. There were a lot of hard things. There was a lot of 19-year-old related drama with boys and friends and who said what, but, it, you know, all the normal stuff. And I, got, I grew as a person. And- so that is just a little bit from Ashley's story. And if you have not already done so, I encourage you to go all the way back to the beginning season one, episode one, and check out Ashley's full story. I will put a link in our show notes so that you can find that. And if you were listening to some of those clips, specifically the last one, and thinking, hmm, maybe I should check out an AA meeting, or maybe I should go to a meeting, or maybe I'm interested in or curious about this whole recovery thing, I would just encourage you to go to lionrock.life and click on meetings. Not only do we have AA meetings, 12-step meetings, but if maybe AA or the 12 steps aren't your thing, we have alternative recovery meetings as well. There are tons and tons of meetings on there. I think last time I counted, there were 76 different meetings, and that's actually where I started my very own recovery journey was on lionrock.life. So again, lionrock.life and click on the meetings tab. And if you have a story that you would like to share on the Courage to Change a Recovery podcast, we are going through applications during our midsummer break. Simply go to lionrock.life, hover over podcast, and go to contact us to complete our podcast guest application. We cannot wait for all of the amazing things that are yet to come throughout the rest of season three. And that's all that we have for you today. We will be bringing you another amazing episode short next week, Tuesday. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. LionRock.life is a recovery community offering free online support group meetings, useful recovery information, and entertainment. Visit www.lionrock.life to view the meetings schedule and find additional resources. Find the joy in recovery at LionRock.life.